this. People need to know how much we now understand about the treatable conditions that involve worry, such as depression, panic disorder, obsessive-compulsive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and attention deficit disorder. And they also have to learn about what we know concerning the ordinary worry of everyday life. The good news is that we know much more today than we did in Carnegie's time, and we have practical methods of treatment that our parents' generation never heard of. When worry becomes toxic, it ceases to serve as the useful built-in alarm system nature meant it to be, and becomes instead a painful problem in itself. As a car alarm system that won't shut off, our human alarm system can drive its owner crazy and get him into trouble when it won't silence itself. Sufferers of excessive worry know they worry more than they need to, but they don't know how to stop. They suffer with worry as if it were inescapable. Although reassurance can help temporarily, people who worry too much require more than simple reassurance or some hearty exhortation to buck up. They already know they should buck up and worry less. What they yearn to know is how. They need practical methods of extinguishing excessive worry— Remedies that actually work to reduce both the pain of worry and the tremendous damage worry can do at work and at home. At its worst, worry can be a relentless scavenger roaming the corners of your mind, feeding on anything, never leaving you alone. On the other hand, not all worry is bad. Effective planning depends on anticipating danger. This is worry at its best. Obliterating worry entirely as, say, by using a drug, can be even more dangerous than worrying too much. The trick is to learn to worry well, at the right time, to the right degree. Toxic worry is a disease of the imagination. It is insidious and invisible, like a virus. It sets upon you unwanted and unbidden, subtly stealing its way into your consciousness until it dominates your life. As worry infiltrates your mind— It diminishes your ability to enjoy your family, your friends, your physical being, and your achievements, because you live in fear of what might go wrong. It undermines your ability to work, to love, and to play. It interferes with your starting a new task, or even enjoying the completion of an old one. There are many ways to field your worries with skill, and this book will describe a wide array of them. Some of the most dramatic involve medications— The advent of inhibitors of the reuptake of serotonin, such as Prozac and Zoloft, coupled with the development of new anti-anxiety medications, such as Buspar, Clonopin, and various beta-blockers, have given millions of people better lives. However, medication is not usually necessary in dealing with worry. This book will explore many of the highly effective non-medication approaches now available. Some of these are ancient and time-tested, such as exercise, rest, reassurance, and humor. Some are old, yet not in widespread use in this country, such as meditation and yoga. Some are in fact quite new, and proving to be highly effective, such as cognitive behavioral therapy and eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. These, and many more, will be explained throughout the book. These remedies build upon what we underestimated as recently as 15 years ago, the biological genetic underpinnings of various kinds of excessive worry. 
From the habitual warrior who torments himself by incessantly searching for what can go wrong in life, to the survivor of a traumatic past who is unable to let go of the pain, to the self-castigating perfectionist who lives in major fear of even minor failures, excessive warriors abound in all stations of life. We are only now, in the 1990s, which has been called the decade of the brain, beginning to pinpoint what is happening in the nerve cells of the warrior, instead of just in his soul, what neurotransmitters might be to blame, and what remedies might quiet the storm inside. Indeed, the discovery of a gene implicated in producing chronic warriors made front-page news in the New York Times in November 1996. The paper reported on a study published in the prestigious journal Science, linking a certain gene to individuals who are prone to anxiety, pessimism, and negative thinking. The gene involved was isolated and found to be a short...